Welcome to the ChatGPT Report. I'm your host, Ryan, and we have a very special guest with us today. His name is Mike Nava. Now, Mike's career spans from 1980s tech enthusiast tinkering with IBM's Commodore 64 to an AI and IT advisory leader at Blue Sky. His journey includes starting his own PC business and advancing through corporate IT roles, notably at BlackBerry. Now, today he leverages his extensive experience to assist small businesses in understanding and adopting AI, showcasing his commitment to making technology both accessible and transformative. Let's see what Mike has for us on the decade of AI. Ready to transform sales through AI and unlock unprecedented time freedom? Join us on February 28th for an exclusive web training where Ryan Staley, AI award winner and CEO, will share the secrets that are propelling sales professionals, sales teams, and founders to double their revenue, all through leveraging ChatGPT. No coding skills required. That's good for Ryan here. Reserve your spot now and step into the future of sales success. And we'll link that in the bottom of our show notes here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mike, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, Ryan. Glad to be here. Excellent. Well, we try to keep these interviews within 20 minutes, so let's get right into it. Now, you've discussed how chatbots are revolutionizing business through AI. Now, how does this differ from the chatbots we are currently seeing, and how does this impact small businesses compared to some larger corporations? So I I laid a lot on you there, but... (laughs) Oh, that's okay. Hey, I can go. I can go. No problem. Uh, so yeah, the, currently the chatbots that we see, <clears throat> most of these are just FAQ bots. Um, they were probably they've probably been on the website for probably a year. Uh, there's very little in the in in the way of of these chatbots. When I used to make these before, I used to have to fill out pages and pages of all the possible questions they could possibly ask. And if it didn't fall inside those questions, then you'd get a no response. For now, you've got you know you got the GPT integration. You've got natural language, uh, so it, it sounds a lot cleaner. They don't you know you have intent databases so that you don't have to have the exact uh, questions you know exactly written down like the customer is going to ask you. You have intents, so you have uh, like if they ask for the hours, then you can route them to a different section of the bot. That has to do with hours and time and address and all that stuff. So uh, that that's been the biggest change. And then the other thing is the back end integration. You have integrations like Zapier, 
that integrate 6,000 different apps. And a lot of the bots now are integrating with those. So with the combination of the ChatGPT natural language processing and the backend integration, you can do some really cool things for, you know, customer service, look up the orders, and as well, obviously, it's capturing, uh, you know, data, email, uh, and contact information. So they really have changed a lot. Very good. And and the second part of my question there was, how do, how do you see this difference from the large corporations versus the impacting the small businesses? I mean, do you think that smaller businesses with the, these new uh, chatbots are able to compete on a larger scale against bigger corporations? Well, I small business is really important. You, you might get 10 visitors on your site a day or, you know, whatever your number is, but you can get a ding. You can get an, uh, a, a, an alert on your phone when somebody clicks that loud chat button, something that big, big companies are not going to do, but, you know, they might have somebody full time, you know, waiting for somebody to click on that. But for a small business, the engagement with the customers, it's right there. You're just right in front of that customer. And you could be chatting with them, you know, while you're sitting in a, a grocery line at, you know, two in the morning, you know, you get the ding on your phone. Somebody has a question about an order in their card or, you know, about your company and you can hit them up right there. Uh, I've done that many times. So yeah, it's, it's great for small businesses. It puts them right in front of that customer. Right. And I think that's good to discuss, too, because I feel like we're seeing, at least in, in, in the broader term of AI, we're seeing a lot of huge companies kind of take over this and are able to utilize it better because of, you know, they can spend more money on it or whatnot. But with the small businesses, it is nice to see that, hey, you can do more with less almost, really. So especially with the today and age where I feel like small businesses are getting uh, killed out there sometimes by the big boys. So it, it's always good to see that. Well, you know, yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and applications like Zapier uh, and Make and these kind of things are pretty inexpensive, you know, 30, 40 bucks a month, very affordable. Mm-hmm. And they can basically tie in, even if they hire somebody, you know, for a couple hundred dollars to do it for them, they can tie in all their, their newsletter, their contact management, uh, all of that just from one, one bot interaction with the customer. And that's something, you know, five years ago was very difficult for most of them to do. Right. And, and, and you, you even make a great point with the with money on that end. You know, I, I use ChatGPT for a lot of my, my work, you know, the pro for a lot of my uh, marketing materials and, and to get that stuff together. And for a small business, you know, 20 bucks a month to do all that it can do, that's a fantastic deal. And like you said, 40 bucks, I mean, that – that's that's chump change at that point. Like we we can get rolling with that. So I, I think that's a that's a very good point on that uh, side of things. But shifting, you know, with the widespread integration of we'll say quote AI, how do you foresee this affecting government operations uh, instead of you know more uh, more more the open business side of things? Oh yeah, government. So government <laughs> government is really a data driven, I mean, I'll call it a business. It's, it's data driven. There's so much data that they have to analyze uh, and they're required to analyze, you know, it's not just fun. Like, you know, let's see the traffic data here on this corner. Uh, A lot of them, they have to do that. They have to put these, these studies and these, these reports together. So uh, government, yeah, big part of, big part of their, uh, you know, crime prevention, uh, service delivery, uh, they have a lot of, of things to be responsible for, and really it's all centered, most of it is centered around data and interaction with the public. So this is where I think ChatGPT and, and AI itself 
could really enhance service, for example. You know, you can do sentiment analysis. Instead of having somebody look at all the surveys and just kind of guess, okay, well, you know, most of these are positive. Maybe they're putting it on an Excel sheet. How many are positive? How many are negative? Well, now they can run that through uh, even ChatGPT free and get a, a sentiment analysis with all of these all of these surveys, all of these feedback studies. So they get a, a much a clearer view as to what the public is, is asking without asking. You know, they're going to be able to, to do such an analysis where they can see the intent behind these, these surveys and these feedbacks that's not necessarily written down. Right. And I, I feel like all these large language model groups, as long as they figure out the security, they can they can definitely get in with the government on that end. Because I feel like if I'm a government entity, that's my number one concern is security and safety of the information that you're giving it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for the first time in history, I mean, you know, we, uh, you know, tech history, we're able to talk to our data. We're able to look at that map or that Excel sheet and ask it 100 questions. And that's going to take some some time for people to understand that first you can do that. Second, this is how you do that. Um, and then, you know, these are all the things that you can extract from that map and that data. And man, if you overlay demographic data on top of that map, wow, that opens up a million different, re- uh, you know, queries and requests. And the more data you ask it, it's going to give you back, uh, you know, it's going to give you back more information. And then that's going to prompt you with more questions about that data. So it's really a, an exciting, revolving uh, uh, task when you get with, you know, with, with a map and you get some data put behind it. And then all the questions that you can ask and all the data you can get from that is just incredible. Yeah, I think you put a great point up there where, you, where, you're, where you're asking the data, what, you know, all these different questions, because I think a lot of times when technology, you know, with Excel and all the, you're allowed to have this, you know, ton of data and now being able to analyze it at basically light speed. I mean, that is just, it, it already is, like you said, asking it questions. I'm not used to doing that. <laughs> you, know, you just, usually you do it and you think, okay, what can I pull from this data? And now you can ask it, what, you know, what, what's some important information from this data set that I'm seeing with thousands of lines of code or, or, you know, information that you have there. So that's a very good point. Now, yeah, and it, it, go ahead. Oh, yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, when you when you tell people that about chat GPT, uh, the first thing they they want to do is, well, what can I do with it? Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you ask it? You know, <laughs> the, you, you can ask it, hey, what what analysis can I pull out of this map? And it will tell you. And there's there's other, you know, uh, there's other sites. You know, I use Julie Julius. That's a, a data analysis site. And, you, you know, if you don't know what to do when you're sitting there at a chat GPT prompt, you don't know what to ask it, ask it. What can I ask you about this topic? And then, then that's really all you need. That's going to send you on your way to a thousand different questions. Yeah, that's very true. And I, I feel like that's how you get, that's how you, you go on and all of a sudden it's uh, a couple hours into it and you, you haven't gotten an answer to the main question because you've, ans- you've asked 20 other questions on other things. So <laughs> I have been that's there. Right. I have been there. Now, back to the government side of things, in, in which, which areas of government do you anticipate a significant embrace of this AI technology or on the opposite end, the resistance to it? Well, on the embracement part, I, I do see it, like I said, for the data. So, you know, there's a lot of information that uh, cities can get. Definitely crime data. 
you know, uh, public safety and crime data is very important. Uh, you know, that's not going away, and there's tons of data around that. Um, heat maps, timeline projections, you know, you can do heat maps where people are moving. If you have historical data, now you can kind of see and overlay that and ask it, where is the population shifting? You know, if you can't see it, if you can't see it easily on a map uh, year over year, then you can ask it, where is population shifting? What type of population is shifting? Um, you know, you can talk to this now. So as, as many questions as you can think, ask it. So population, uh, heat maps, timeline projections, service level delivery, and that's where the bots kind of come in. Mm -hmm. You know, I can go to my city's website and just ask it a bunch of questions. What were the last meeting minutes? Can you summarize the last city meeting for me? And right there, you know, you don't have to go all over the website, read through 30 pages of documents. So as a, as a consumer of information or as a resident, uh, you can get a lot more information out of your government just by asking these questions about maps or about documents or about just basically their website. Mm. Very good. I like that. Yeah, you, you said a, an excellent word there too, heat maps. I feel like seeing that, visualizing that would be very, very important. So I, I, that's, I haven't heard of that one yet, so I like that. Now, you've mentioned uh, in the past, kind of shifting gears here, uh, the potential of, of LLMs, large language models, to preserve the English language amidst the prevalence of Internet shorthand. Can you just elaborate on what you meant when you said that? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I, I always said that as a joke that, you know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to save the English language. And what I mean by that is, you know, the generations, uh, we all grew up, well, not all of us. I mean, I grew up in, I was born in 70. So uh, I didn't get internet till I was around 25. Um, it doesn't know what LOL is. You know, you put LOL in chat GPT, it's probably going to ask you, what the hell are you talking about? Because the first lesson you learn in, in, in chat GPT and these generative AIs is how to structure a query properly. And you have to know the English language. You have to know structure and you have to know nouns and you have to know how to put a sentence together in order to get what you want out of it. So even though, uh, you know, some of, some of these younger folks, and I have two, you know, I have two daughters in their 20s, they're used to their shorthand, you know, talking, texting their friends and doing this. And here, you really have to, you really have to think about your prompt. You have to you have to put it all down, um, and then you have to um, understand. Okay, this isn't what I wanted. Now I got to ask it better. I've got to ask it different. So you get challenged by that. The other part of that is the translation. You know, you could do instant translation in any language. Uh, that's also, I think, I think very beneficial to uh, to our English language. Like I said, I started saying it as a joke, but then I, the more I dig into it you know, the more it, it, it really, uh, really matters. Yeah. And, and you're, I think you're absolutely right on that too. The, you need to know what you're putting into the system. It, it can't just be, well, do this, you know, do this for me. It, it, you have to give it structure. And, and I mean, even looking at prompts for text to imaging or um, yeah, text to imaging software like mid journey and, and, and those, you, you really need to, to say what you mean or else, you know, cause whatever you say, it's going to put into a picture. And so you need to be clear and concise on what you're asking it to do. Uh, so I, 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 you saying that does resonate with me a little bit because there have been a couple of times where I've had to Google certain meanings of words going, well, I meant this, but 
I, I, this is what I really meant. I need to use this type of language for it. So I, I like how you Yeah, and that. I like that. I like that challenge of, okay, I didn't get the response. Okay, I got to ask it better. I got to ask it 10 different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not shortcutting it 10 different ways. I'm, 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 I'm actually structuring and changing my prompt. And it could be a four or five, 10, 20 sentence prompt when you're done with it. But you could look at it and logically, okay, this is what I'm asking it. This is what it's understanding. This is what the results should be. So it really makes you think about the language that you're using as you're prompting these. Yes, very, very true. I like that. Um, and I got another one here. You know, we talk a lot about GPTs uh, on the on the show. We talk about ones that we really like. We talk about ones that... Uh, I probably won't use too often, but I've seen that you've developed some of your own GPT models. Can you share some details about them? Sure. All um, Most of mine are private and most of mine I use for research. So if I'm researching a company or like doing an AI assessment, something like that, um, I'll, I'll, I'll basically make a company GPT that I'll put all the information I can find for that company or for that organization. So that way, when I'm querying, uh, uh, if I'm querying something for the assessment, I can kind of query into their database with their knowledge. A few others are robot builders that I built, uh, personality builders based on like a website. So I can point uh, a URL and basically say, make a bot personality from this company. Ah. And then uh, I've got a couple of public ones out there. One of them is a FAQ GPT. Uh, I'm sorry. It's uh, yeah, FAQ. It, you basically point it to a web a website, and it'll just make a, a list of GP uh, FAQs, so that you can put into your bot. Um, I got a couple of Windows, and I got a personal one. I got a personal GPT that I made. I put all my resume, all my work experience, uh, a lot of my writing styles in there. So if I'm asking a question, is how could I show them that I'm qualified for this assessment or how, how does my experience and, and knowledge stack up against this project? What am I going to need to bone up on? And it already knows kind of my, my knowledge base and it knows what my experience is and it will tell me if I'm a good fit for these, for these positions or these projects. So just a few fun ones, a couple of public ones, but a lot of them are private. I love that. And, and I asked that question too, because I think, Sometimes I find myself where I, I don't know what to create and I don't really know where to start for ideas. So you, you know, even saying you got some private ones, especially with your resume builder one, that is such a good one. I think especially for the audience to, you know, you upload your resume, put it all in there and then you can, hey, I'm looking for this position. How do I tailor the resume that I already have here and all my experience to this job? I mean, I that's a great one to have on handy. And it's definitely going to be a GPT I make myself. So if no one else takes, uh, t- takes that from you, I'll take it from you and, and work okay, on that. Okay, you got that's, it. That's such a great idea. I love that. So I appreciate And you know, the last, the, the last, the last um, query I did was, you know, I'm, I'm making an assessment for this company. Uh, I want to show them that I'm qualified for this assessment, uh, you know, and, and lay it out. How am I qualified? Uh, so that the, the client sees all my experience, you know, related to that position. So it's another way. Such a great idea. I, I'm, I'm definitely, I've already noted it down and it will be implemented in my personal life. Um, looking forward, final question here, really. Um, what are some of your predictions for AI in 2024 and over potentially the next decade? What do you think uh, is going to be moving or happening out there? Well, 
You know, right now, I, what you're really seeing is is this integration. So, you know, you go to ChatGPT, and then you have you know different variants, different uh, uh, different companies that that use it on the back end. But you're seeing a lot of integration, like Copilot. Uh, Copilot is right inside of of Microsoft. I'm sorry, yeah, Microsoft. So you're getting a lot of this quote AI that's just integrated into products. And a lot of people are, are using it. They're really not even understanding they're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the integration uh, into different apps, I mean, Google hasn't even integrated their Gemini into their ecosystem yet. Uh, and when they do, it's just going to be part of our world. Uh, and we're not going to really differentiate what's, what's a GPT, uh, what's AI, and what's, you know, just what's a, a, a normal way I use my applications today. I think you're absolutely right on that. And I've said this on the show beforehand too, that, you know, the normal, normal person that really isn't involved in researching or looking at these, uh, these large language models, the second someone can kind of infiltrate their everyday life, whether that be, you know, co-pilot in Excel and word where you don't have to click on another tab or go to another site to use it. I really think that's when all of a sudden you're going to see, everyone kind of flood into the market without even knowing it more, more than anything. Cause right now, you know, on Google sheets, they've got little AI tool helpers that you can help condense and, and do all that necessary stuff. And copilot, I, you know, is, is so far what I've hearing is pretty fantastic and it's integrated into all the apps you're using every day. So it's just, it's right there. So I'm very interested to see, like you said, how that integration coming down the line will affect a lot of your, your normal everyday people like myself in that regard. So I appreciate the time, Mike. Really appreciate the questions. Last one here. How can everyone get in touch with you and follow your work? Oh, thank you for the invite. It's uh, Yeah, I could be found at uh, blue-sky.it. That's Blue Sky Technologies. And then um, it's uh, on, on X or Twitter. It's Scorpio Tech is my handle there. Easy enough. Well, Mikey, thanks for coming on. We will tag all that information on the episode notes on X as well as LinkedIn, and and so you guys can follow them and check them out there. But, Mike, thank you again for coming. Really appreciate your insight, especially with the GPTs, and we will catch you later. Okay, thank you, Ryan.